0: This is Shannon Curry, our Director of Philanthropy and Development with St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. Coming up next on the Highway to Hope podcast, we are featuring John Schneider. He's part of our Highway to Hope virtual concert event on Sunday, May 16th from 6 to 8 p.m. Here's some of his new music. Uh
1: Style. Cut his teeth at a honky-tonk. Did some time up in Omaha. He got his heart broken with your talk. He hit it big down in Lexington. Betting on a horse named Duck and Run. Then he lost his ass on the biggest night.
2: Cause he was holding queens full of fire
1: He said he found Jesus on a Sunday morning after running with the devil all night. And his eyes were redder than the scarlet letters That the good book held inside. Now there's a little bit of saint in every sinner There's a sinner in every saint Yeah, that straight and narrow don't come with arrows But the lost still find their way The preacher asked him to testify All about his walk on the wild side And she was sitting in the third pew At that revival down in Waterloo She had the deacon's ring on her left hand She slipped it off around Birmingham Now some say they were going to hell But they wound up in Roswell I heard he found Jesus on a Sunday morning After running with the devil all night And his eyes were redder than the scarlet letters that the good book held inside. Now there's a little bit of saint in every sinner. There's a sinner in every saint. And that's straightened. there's a sinner in every saint. And that straight and narrow don't come with arrows, but the lost still find their way. And the man upstairs is always there to forgive us when we
0: To the Highway to Hope podcast with the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. I'm Shannon Courier, and of course, I'm here again with my cohort, Greg Thompson, executive producer of the Pod Wheels Network and our Highway to Hope podcast. Hello, Greg.
3: Hey, Shannon, it's great to be back with you, particularly on this series because we've got another fabulous interview from one of the folks, John Schneider, who is going to be on your virtual concert.
0: Absolutely. We're so excited to talk to John. We made an announcement for anybody that kind of keeps up with our announcements across our social accounts. We're partnering with him on his new album called Truck On, which is a dedication to the men and women behind the wheel, our Highway Heroes, that we love so much. And a portion of the proceeds from that album is being donated to St. Christopher Fund to support our mission. That connection, that relationship grew into John being a part of this Highway to Hope virtual concert as well. We're so excited to have him be a part of this. So excited to share his new music with everyone. And really we get to talk to him about his career from the beginning. All of the things that everybody knows him for. Bo Duke, this is who we're talking to. We're excited.
3: One of the cool things about this interview is the fact that, as you mentioned, so many people know him from the iconic role on the Dukes of Hazzard. But there's a lot of folks that don't know that John has his own studio now, that John has been in multiple roles. And we learned that John has recorded 22 albums
0: yeah. So his career is not just the Dukes of Hazard. He's not just Bo Duke, even though that's kind of the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of John Schneider. He is so much more than that. He's got Dukes of Hazard, but he has many other shows, many other movies he's been a part of. Smallville is another huge piece of his career, the haves and the have-nots. And of course, he's been singing since the early 80s with 22 albums. There's so much more to him and the John Schneider Studios. He writes and produces independent films at his home in Holden, Louisiana. There's so much to talk about, so much to cover. So this is going to be a little longer of an interview than some of the ones we've done before, but we couldn't leave anything out.
3: Well, Shannon, you're exactly right. You guys are going to get the full cut of John Schneider here on the SCF Highway to Hope podcast. John connected with us via Zoom from his Freightliner.
0: And John Schneider joins us right now on the Highway to Hope podcast. Good morning, John Schneider.
2: Good morning.
0: Yeah, it's early. We're recording early. It's like 9 a.m. Are you up and ready to roll for the day? How early do you get up? Oh,
2: my gosh. I've been rolling for hours. Oh, yeah. We have our cup of coffee. But I tell you what, I do sleep a lot. I run, 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 run. Then I go to sleep and I'm trying to get my wife. She's one of those people that buys into the whole, well, you know, the older you get, the less sleep you need. I don't believe that for a minute. I get as much sleep as I can. But when I hit the ground, I hit the ground running. We have our coffee in the morning and then we do this great thing. Folks out there, I know one of the things we're going to be talking about is health. And one of the things that we do every day that we're home is we have an infrared sauna. And a lot of local gyms and places have infrared saunas. Now it's a different kind of heat, but we do that for 20 minutes every morning. And then we have a gym. She does a treadmill and we work out for a good solid like maybe 20 minutes. That's a long workout. And then we hit the ground running. I've been running this morning. We've been moving concrete slabs for a mobile home we're moving today. And I'm editing poker run, writing new music and blah, 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 blah. Fun, (laughs) fun stuff. And I'm in my Freightliner right now. So folks out there on the road, we have a 2019 Freightliner. It's a Jayco motorhome that we travel on the road with. It is a virtual concert, but I'm actually going to be with Winona, so we're going to be driving to Nashville and hanging out with Winona. It's going to be great, but we'll be getting there, driving ourselves in our Freightliner. We'll honk the horn if we see it.
0: Awesome. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) I have a friend who has one of those infrared saunas, and she loves it, swears by it.
2: What we believe is that sickness can't live in that kind of heat, and it's what we read my wife has had a bout with cancer. She was diagnosed a little over two years ago now with stage four breast cancer, and she has dieted and exercised and basically outsmarted it into submission. One of the things that we do is the infrared sauna. That's why we do it. It's great. I do think it has caught on. 24 hour fitnesses, a lot of them have it. There's some yoga places that apparently have it. I can't imagine. <laughs> because it gets up to 158 degrees, and it's all I can do to just sit there. But it's great. It's a great way to start your day. If there's truth to what we read about sickness and disease cannot live in that kind of heat, then by all means, do it. I'm all in favor of doing everything that disease does not like, and I'm in favor of stopping as many things that disease does like as humanly possible. I mean, why not?
0: That's right. It can't hurt, right?
2: Absolutely. I've noticed in truck stops, what's been great in the last couple of years, I've noticed that there've been some really great changes as far as the food that you see in many truck stops. I'm excited about that. You can get a salad, you can get fruit. Used to just be Cheetos and fried food.
0: Many more healthy options are available and fresh options are available than there's ever been. Definitely a positive. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing people use the workout facilities that are available too. That's Absolutely. Always good to see too. And like you yep. say, you've talked about twenty minutes, ten or twenty minutes. If you're not used to exercising, ten or twenty minutes for sure is going to be a huge deal.
2: When I was doing Dukes of Hazard, I worked out at a wonderful gym in North Hollywood called Vince's Gym, and this guy was known as the Iron Guru. So he was the first place that Schwarzenegger went when he came. Before he went to Gold's Gym, he was where Clint Eastwood went and Lou Ferrigno and all these people. Back in the seventies, he said that any workout that lasts more than a half an hour is a waste of time. So get in there, get it done, and then get on with your day. I did one of his routines this morning. He's been gone for a long time, but I'm a big fan of getting in and working out. If you think about it, folks, you go to the gym and most people, they say, oh, I worked out for an hour and a half. Yeah, well, you probably talked for at least an hour of that hour and a half, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: A bench press is not a place to sit and chat. A bench press is a place to lay down, pick something up, put it down, then get out of the way.
0: That's true. Get in, get out,
3: get it
2: done. That's right. Get out of my way. We got stuff to do. Got stuff to do. I
0: have more stuff to do today. It's
3: not a social event. It is not.
2: Yeah, it's not a social event. (laughs) We've got plenty of time for that. Again, the truck stops are great for that. I love to chat. When I go to a truck stop, which is a couple times a week, It's always fun to try to figure out as someone's coming up to me whether they're going to ask a Dukes question, a Smallville question, or a haves and have-nots question, or a music question.
0: You have (laughs) lots of areas people could be coming up to you to talk about. Let's start at the beginning. I hear like when you were really young. Well, I young. was born at
2: a very early age.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I hear when you were really young, you were already an entertainer. You did some magic, maybe, I heard.
2: Oh, yeah. I was an avid magician, always had cards and coins, got into escape tricks and all kinds of crazy stuff. And In fact, later on, when Dukes was happening, the very last episode of Dukes of Hazard, I wrote it and directed it. It was called Opening Night at the Boar's Nest, and it was about Roscoe buying a magic box, and he became the great Coltrano. I wrote that because of my love for magic, and he thinks he makes Boss Hogg disappear. Actually, he's been kidnapped, but it was really great because you got to see how much the real relationship between Boss Hogg and Roscoe, how much they really cared for each other i love magic i'm a lifetime member of the magic castle which is out in hollywood i'm still a card guy we just did a movie called poker run and in poker run of course there's lots of cards no card tricks but there's lots of stuff going on there i love it
3: so john when you were 18 years old auditioning for dukes of hazard you walk out of the audition At that moment, you could not have imagined all the doors that would have opened up for you. And then to progress from being an actor on the show to writing and directing the final episode, talk to us about that experience and just what it's meant to you in terms of your professional life.
2: Well, you talk about doors opening up. And actually, the great thing about no one having any idea who you are is that no one has any expectations. You could say the doors opened up, but they opened up in a very aggressive way. It was like, okay, hot shot. So you've been on a show. Let's see what you got. So there were meetings I could take, but I would say that celebrity actually lessens your opportunity. Not a lot of people that'll tell you that, because I knew that, I knew I had to work harder after Dukes than I ever did before Dukes, and I did. It could be said that out of all of the people of that era who were in television and did really, really well in television, there's only a handful of people that are still relevant at all, because I refuse not to be. It's a mindset. And I remember there were friends of mine during the Duke's time, I would say, the phone doesn't ring. You've got to make the phone ring. You've got to make your own opportunity. And it's everywhere. You've got to expect opportunity and you've got to seek out and expect great things every day of your life. And this kind of Marxist friend of mine who I still love to death, he said, you only talk that way because of who you are. And I'm like 24 years old and I sounded like a fortune cookie. I said, no, I am who I am because I talk that way.
3: How did you get the opportunity to write and direct on what was the final episode of the show? And how did that work out to get that opportunity?
2: I made them do it. When you are one of the stars of a show, until the moment that show is over, you have some clout. And on the show, everyone else had directed. But I was out doing music. When I had any time at all, I was always out touring and doing different things on the road. The other folks didn't do that. I remember Denver Pyle had told me, said, look, if you want to be a member of the DGA, and he said, and I know that you do, then you need to get it in your contract that you are going to direct an episode. Tom had directed, Denver had directed, Sorrel Book, Boss Hogg had directed. Everybody had directed who wanted to except me. Denver basically said, look, while you have the clout to make this happen, you need to make this happen. I remember writing from a very early age. I used to love to write in high school and even middle school. I would write the plays that we would do. Any shows like MacGyver, the lead in the show, eventually wound up directing an episode or two, depending on how long the show lasts. So I did. But I am the only one who wrote an episode of Duke's.
1: Just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straight in the curves, Right in the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will <laughs> Making their way Just a little bit more In the normal Just two good old boys Couldn't change if they could Fighting the system like two modern day Robin Hoods Making their way the only way they know how That's just a little bit more than the law would allow I'm a good old You know my mama loves me But she don't understand They keep showing my hands And not my face on TV (laughs) We love you, Willen
3: You get the show at 18, you're on the show, you direct at 24, you get into country music, you have success right away. As a sidebar, I need to ask you, who convinced you or did you decide to record the Elvis song because people were not covering Elvis and you did that on your first record. How did you handle all that success at a young age?
2: Great question. First of all, I was on Scotty Brothers through CBS had artists like Leif Garrett. They were kind of Tiger Beat, Flavor of the Month chasers. They also had Eye of the Tiger. They did some great, great stuff. But they had seen me do the People's Choice Awards. I sang the Lionel Richie song, Still. So they snagged me up, and it was their idea to do the Elvis cover. I am still a big Elvis fan, and Elvis was not long gone. 1980, and Elvis died in 77. When that opportunity came about, it was like I thought of it as tribute. I also did a duet in another album that just didn't do anything. It was on Scotty Brothers as well. We did Are You Lonesome Tonight? And I thought it was great, but it didn't do what it's now or never did. That was their idea, and I thought it was a great idea because I'm such an Elvis fan. So that seemed to make sense to me at that point. But as far as handling success, I've always looked at what I do as a wonderful job that I have the great honor and privilege of being able to do. But it is hard work. It's like they say, getting rich is easy, staying rich is hard.
3: <laughs> I'm still trying to do the first part. so Yeah, yeah but am still but, trying but, to raise the
0: first but, part. But, but yeah, <laughs> right, but we,
3: point taken, yes, exactly. I've made a lot of money in
2: my time. I still wonder when I go to put $150 worth of diesel in my motorhome if the card's going to clear. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of how it is. You kind of brushed on this. I started yeah. on theater and guitar yeah. and magic and all that very early, like eight years old. With my sights being on Broadway and television and, most important to me, the big screen. John Wayne was still the number one box office draw in the world. Burt Reynolds had just done Smokey and the Bandit. When I was 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, it was all about Redford and Newman. Harry Grant was still alive. Clint Eastwood. There you go. Now, Clint Eastwood. An amazing. <laughs> nobody gave that to Clint. Clint has grabbed hold of that career with both hands, held onto it by the ears for 50 years.
3: John, if you think about it, with the exception of music, your career kind of mirrors his in some ways.
2: I tell you what, he's an avid jazz fan. He did a movie called Cadillac Man. Remember, he did a duet with Merle Haggard called "Barroom Buddies by Snuff Garrett. Now, certainly not the greatest song in the world by any means, but he did it. He went out and he did I tell you what, what you just said, I'd take that as the single greatest compliment I've ever been given.
3: Wow. I'm glad we recorded it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. It's great. It's very difficult to keep all these balls up in the air at the same time. But thank God I'm a juggler.
3: You're a magician at heart, so you're able to do that whole thing.
2: People say, what do you like? you like the singing or the acting better? And I'll tell you what I enjoy more than any of it is watching somebody watch one of the movies we've made, something I wrote and directed, or watching a couple look at each other with love in their eyes because of a song I recorded. That's the biggest compliment a singer-songwriter can get is when somebody comes up and says, your song is our song. We played it at our wedding. It's just wonderful. What an honor and a privilege to get to do what you love to do and in so doing become an integral part of other people's lives.
3: What a great gig. And if I can, I want to share a quick story with you, and I hope our listeners will enjoy this. When I was 15 years old, I moved from Chattanooga, Tennessee to St. Paul, Minnesota. My father worked for 3M, and the home office of the Minnesota Mining Manufacturing Corporation is in Minnesota. So taking a Southern boy out of the South and putting him into the upper Midwest was a pretty big shock for me at 15. I struggled for a couple of years and was teased at school because. I had a southern accent and all of this senior of high school Dukes of Hazard comes on Friday nights at seven o'clock central eight o'clock Eastern. It was just such a magical place for me to just go and escape kind of go into this fable world that you and Tom, Catherine, Denver Pyle, Sorrel, James Best, what a great cast. I just want to tell you that meant a lot to me just to be able to sit there with my family and then I'd go back to high school and, and people would go, is it really like that? And I'm like, hell yeah, just a mess with them. But to be able to go to Hazard County, Georgia for an hour and see Robin Hood in action. And I'm sure that you've heard that a million times in the last 40 years, but I just wanted to share that with you.
2: And all of a sudden, your southern accent was something that people envied. That's right. right. Say y'all That's again. right. The biggest oh. thing was
3: the girls would come up and say, say shake and bake, and I helped. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I helped. <laughs> that's right. What I found ironic about Dukes of Hazard was the three principal young people in there. You were born in New York. Tom, I believe, is from Wisconsin. And Catherine grew yep. up in South Dakota.
2: Yeah, that's the only thing south about all three of us is South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> and Sorrel was from Buffalo. Yeah. It was great. And I had the opposite experience. I moved from New York state to Atlanta. My mother worked for IBM and I moved there in 1974. It's so funny. Even today, people have this misconception that New York is all Manhattan and Georgia is all farmland. I moved from the country to the city when I moved from New York to Georgia. People can't seem to wrap their heads around that. <laughs> It was a great experience. Like I said, smoking the bandit had just changed the world. People say, did you have any idea how successful the show was going to be? Well, I think you can tell. As I say, I expect opportunity, and I want to be ready for it when I see it. But I look for opportunity, and this is one of the most important things I think that I've come up with in 61 years, is that you need to, at every turn, expect great things. If you expect great things, you will find them. You need to be prepared. They say that success is when preparation meets opportunity, but you have to go through life expecting great opportunities at every turn. Guess what? You will find them. And if you are ready for them, you will be able to take advantage of those opportunities. I think that's one of the big keys to me still being around or to anybody who's over 60 or over 50 or over 40 and still going strong and loving what they do. Expect great things.
0: I have to agree with that because I am a dreamer. I am a pie in the sky. This is what I want to happen. This is who I want to be a part of it. And I just keep pushing for those ideas and for those dreams. And the right people are going to join me to make those things happen at the right time. And that's literally what happened when we got partnered with you for your new album, Truck On, of course. We haven't talked about that yet, but that's the new album, Truck On. That is literally what happened. So I was like, I want to put this concert together. So
2: glad you did.
0: I know me too. I reached out to somebody that I knew and said, what agent can you connect me with? Who can I talk to? She threw a couple of names at me. And that is how we got connected with you. And they're like, we have this thing going on with John Schneider. He's got this new album out. It's dedicated to the trucking industry. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Ask him if you want to work with us. Of course, you said yes. Truck On now has a portion of proceeds donated to St. Christopher Fund to help our highway heroes. And, of course, that bled over into this concert, which you already had a connection with Winona and Cactus. So that was not easy yes. I'm so excited about the whole thing. I'm sure you have people say they always remember if you're Duke's a hazard. Oh, we're going to talk to Bo Duke. And that's huge because you are Bo Duke to so many of us that grew up watching that show You were the heartthrob when I was growing up. But (laughs) you can get pigeonholed like you were talking about. That's all that you're known for. But you have so much more than that. Your character in Smallville, the haves and the have-nots. I can't even mention everything. 22 studio albums, too many singles to mention. Greatest (laughs) Hits album, five number one singles. You've been singing since the 80s. You own your own studio where you write and produce independent films like we've been talking about, Stand On It and Poker Run. I mean, your career is so much more than just when you mentioned John Schneider, everybody says Bo Duke. Yes, that's true. But there's so much more to you than that. And So I'm excited that we've gotten to talk about a lot of that here today and Bo's Extravaganza. That's like your birthday celebration thing, too.
2: Oh, yeah. We just did that. Our fourth annual Bo's Extravaganza. That was a lot of fun. And we're taking it on the road, too.
0: Now, I have one yeah. question about it, though. I heard that back in the Dixie Hazard days, you weren't allowed to do those stunts because you can't have the star get hurt. So how does right. it feel to get to do those stunts now?
2: That's right. I can do anything I want now. I can be as publicly stupid as I wish. It feels great. I'm protected. I trust my stunt coordinator friends. Next year, I'm going to go further. Part of my personality is that I think I jumped like 80 feet this time, maybe. And that's not enough. It's not good enough. So next year, I'm going to jump further. I don't know what movie we're going to do next year, but I have a feeling it's going to be the third in this Stand On It trilogy. So Stand On It, Poker Run, and then whatever the next one is, we'll be filming during Bo's Extravaganza. I tell you what, I used to tell people, I said, oh, didn't you want to jump that car? And I said, you know, I did until I saw somebody really do it. <laughs> and then I thought, hmm, I'm glad I'm not in that car. <laughs> When everything goes fine, it looks easy and it is easy, but it's when something goes wrong and it doesn't often go wrong, but sometimes things go wrong. You're hurling a 3,500 pound piece of metal through the sky at 60 miles an hour something could go wrong when you do that but i'm enjoying it so now i have jumped the car i did it for christmas cars and i used that at bose extravaganza i used that in christmas cars and then i jumped the car this year for poker run that's only twice but next year i'm going to go for my own personal record i'm going to get over 100 feet i'm going to stop doing these double digits and get into triple digits and see what happens oh no and i jumped a car in the water last year so three times There
3: so we you're go. a pro at it now. Yeah. Now, getting up in the air, does that have anything to do with your dad being in the Air Force? Well, he was a pilot.
2: He was in the Air Force.
3: He had a band back when I was a kid.
2: My okay. dad had a band. He and several other pilot friends of his had a band called The Crop Dusts. Okay. I have wonderful memories. He played the guitar and he wore a black cowboy hat but I remember sitting kind of off to the right of the drum kit watching my dad perform for people and I think that that is where I got my hamness my ham bone
0: (laughs)
3: that's it there's a a southern saying yeah the ham bone there's a southern thing in there somewhere yeah Yeah, yeah, well my dad
2: was very much New York
0: (laughs) so these movies that you're doing you and Burt Reynolds were friends in real life so what made you come up with this idea what made you want to do kind of this tribute to him and these movies
2: well it was actually Alicia we tried to get the to Dukes of Hazard several times. Warner Brothers just wouldn't let him go. And that was when it wasn't on anywhere. I think it's back on Amazon Prime. We did a movie. It was during the beginning of the whole nonsense, as far as I'm concerned, about Dukes of Hazard was a bad show because of the flag on the car. I fought that nonsense and wrote a movie called Christmas Cars, which is about a guy very much like me who was on a show back 40 years ago where all of a sudden his car from the show has become the universal sign of racism and intolerance, which is too bad for him because he just ordered 5,000 of these cars so he could try to pay his balloon payment on his studio. So I wrote this movie called Christmas Cars, and it did incredibly well. That's the movie where I say in there, wait a minute, symbols don't hurt people, people hurt people. And I believe that. I believe that to be true. That movie did so well, Alicia then said, we need to make another one. And at that time, Bert had just passed away. It seemed like rather than do anniversary cars or birthday cars or Valentine's cars, which we still may do, we may do sequels to that movie. But it seemed like a perfect time to make a tribute to not only Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham, but to Smokey and the Bandit and all things Southern, because all things Southern seem to be coming under attack. So I thought there's anybody out there right now that can do something about that. It's me. So I wrote stand on it. It has done incredibly well for us. You can get it at johnschneiderstudios.com. That's where you can get a actual physical DVD, or you can rent it from cineflixdod.com, And that's our streaming platform. We have no desire to be on Hulu or Netflix or any of those places. I'm not an independent filmmaker or musician hoping that the system is going to buy me out one day. That is not my plan. I'm not remotely interested. All I want to do is make the movies and music with the people I love or the people I know so far so good. It seems in many regards like I have just now finally gotten started.
0: Awesome. So I know that you said earlier you were coming to us from your great honor. I know that you've been aware of the trucking industry for a long time and know how important it is. How did this new album come about to be just specifically in honor of this industry?
2: Well, first of all, folks who are listening will remember, I'm sure, Christmas Comes to Willow Creek, which was a movie I did with Tom Wopat back in the mid-80s. We drove the Yellowbird, driving toys from North Hollywood to Alaska. Great movie. It's on every year. When we did that movie, I had to learn how to drive. It was before the automatics came around, so I was splitting gears and trying to back up, making a mess of <laughs> the truck and trailer. I had a great appreciation for truck drivers then. When I did a couple of shows on Broadway, I'm the guy who would be at the New York Times watching the truckers back up in those narrow streets and put the very tail of their trailer up against that little rubber bumper at the New York Times. Perfect every time. And I'd go up and I'd applaud them. You're the guy from Dukes of Hazzard. I said, yeah, but I can't do that. (laughs)
1: In long nights 500 miles left to go Chasing the sun On a seven day run John Wayne of the open road 53 feet full of freight Headed westbound with the rain Pouring down And doing whatever it takes
2: In this last insane world we've all had to endure for the last year and a half or so, I think it became more evident than ever that if it weren't for our truck drivers, then we wouldn't have any food, we wouldn't have any medication. God knows we wouldn't have a hundred rolls of toilet paper in our laundry room. We noticed as we were traveling on the road that all of a sudden we couldn't even pull over in a rest area because they were full. There were so many trucks on the road keeping this country rolling, keeping this country fed. I talked to my buddy Keith Burns and said, hey, we need to gather and write some trucking songs because without these men and women, we'd all be sunk. So that's exactly what we did in conjunction with writing Stand On It. It seemed like a great opportunity not only to do a new album dedicated and based on the trucking lifestyle, but to also kind of like Jerry Reed did with Smokey and the Bandit, put all that music on a new visual platform. And the two have been married together perfectly. I love the music. When you listen to the music, folks, I hope you love it. But I tell you, when you listen to the music as you're watching the movie, it's a whole other experience. You remember, I wrote and directed the last episode of Dukes of Hazard, and that's what I've been wanting to do ever since, which has been, the last episode was 85, so it's been a bunch of years. So that's why I say with stand on it, like, I finally have gotten started. So I'm finally doing at 61 years old what I thought I was going to be doing at 25.
0: So it's taken some time to marinate and come about, but I'm a big believer that things happen when they're supposed to happen. You're seeing great success with Stand On It, and I'm confident you're going to see great success with Poker Run as well. I'll tell you what, I love this new album, this Truck On album i turn it on i crank it up i dance around I mean, it's just a fun album i love every song on it
2: thank you how great is the song roy they're
0: oh all so good y'all i mean i wish in this concert that's coming up you could play every single song but so y'all are just gonna have to go get it i'm just telling you you're gonna have to go get the album
2: yeah go ahead go get it go ahead <laughs> <laughs>
1: Take us on down the line, boys. Well, here's a story of gears and nerves, an old-school trucker and a big Kenworth, two dinosaurs from way back when. Fiberglass was out and steel was in. Old Burt Reynolds ruled the silver screen. Everybody had a handle in a new CB. If you was rich or poor, it didn't mean nothing if you didn't have a shirt that said keep on truckin'. Last week I was eating at a truck stop diner When a boy pulled in and a new freight liner A sight to behold, he's a trucker's dream Fanciest paint I ever did see She had scoops and spoilers so streamlined She'd cut through the air like a new buck knife She was a force to be reckoned with Intimidating to your average rig Then this boy stepped out and began to brag Said there's never been a truck that was built this fast Anybody wanna race me coast to ghost Will go title for title plus a few C notes you know, I didn't hear anybody volunteer So like a fool, I yelled out from the rear Said, I'll take your bet, leave you in the dust He said, okay, man, let me see your truck He's got 18 wheels of trucking going cross the USA Put the pedal to the metal Cause there ain't no time to waste You know, the back of his truck says R-O-Y my name is Roy, and I like to drive. I said, pay no mind to that oil dripping. This old gal's made me a pretty good living hauling anything as long as it paid—from frozen chicken to toxic waste. That she don't have air; just a fan on the dash, got tuck-and-roll leather and a custom shag. Fair faucet poster pinned over my head. Thirty years of running, she ain't broke down yet. It was all he could do to laugh, said, You're never gonna make it in a rig like that. Then he explained to me the laws and mechanics of simple math and aerodynamics. Then he said, You got yourself a deal, old man. Then he shook my hand, said, Here's the plan. We'll line him up at the edge of town. When they drop that flag, just hammer down. I got a few supplies every trucker needs. A box of crackers and a can of sardines. And the waitress said, Need anything else? He said a roll of them tums sure would help. Then I kissed the fenders just for luck I climbed inside to start her up I turned the key, she sputtered and coughed Till she caught fire and we took off He's got 18 wheels of truckin' Goin' cross the USA Put the pedal to the metal, Cause there ain't no time to waste Ha! The back of his truck says R-O-Y I like to drive. Take it around again, boys. Whoa! It was 80, 90, 110. After 15 miles, he was five ahead. So I dodged them scales just trying to catch up, and breaking all the laws. Man, what a rush! You know, I was running good, but he was running better. So now is the time for desperate measures. It was a moral dilemma I had to face. If I didn't cheat, I was gonna lose this race. But I still had a trick left up my sleeve. There's a little red button hidden under my seat. Said break the glass if you're running behind. So I finally got to use my nitrous oxide. Well, it pinned me back, about broke my neck. Then I heard a growl I didn't expect. From deep in the engine like a grizzly bear. Saying there's a whole lot more horsepower to spare. What happened next, I can't explain. Both smokestacks were spitting flames. Headlights glowing like a rig from hell. It was almost like... She was driving herself. So I popped in an A-Track from 1976. It had every one of those truckers' greatest hits. Six days on the road, truck driving man. White line fever. You roll on, Big Mama. Then, then convoy came on and I crunk her loud. I swear all 18 wheels come up off the ground Like a time machine flying through the sky That's when I saw the Phantom 309 In the finish line! Woo! That boy finally pulled up looked like a whip pup said Here's the keys entitled to my truck She's all yours, you want her fair and square I said I'll stick with my rig if you don't care he said, gee, thanks, mister, but I gotta ask, how in the world did you ever make it that fast? And who are you with a tear in his eye? said, my name is Roy. I like to drive. How? <laughs> Right.
0: I think everybody's going to love it. It's an album you don't want to miss. It's called Truck On. And of course, that's the first single that was released from the album as well is Truck On. But it's great. So go and get the album. We're excited to have a focus on the industry. And you're right. We always rely on these men and women day in and day out, no matter what, pandemic or not. They are doing this job all the time. We just don't take notice of it. It's one of those things that we take for granted until all of a sudden we don't have it anymore. And so unfortunately, it's taken this crazy pandemic to really make people be forced to stop and realize how dependent we are on this industry i know the industry appreciates you giving a gift of music back to the industry to celebrate them and i know i appreciate it too we're happy to hear about that and we're honored to receive a portion of proceeds to again turn around and support these men and women when they need it most so thank you for that
2: You're so welcome. St. Christopher is a great organization. I want you to realize, folks, when you're out on the road and you see a truck going down the road, that means they're not home. So that means that whatever's happening at home is happening without them. Truck drivers don't have the same kind of job that most people have where they go to work and then they come home and they eat dinner at home or they get to see their family. When truck drivers are out there doing their job, making the wheels turn for you and me, they are not with those that they love. So remember that next time you see a truck driver and some people are just rude to truckers. And I don't mean truckers, they don't see them in person, but trucks on the road, don't do that. Don't blow your horn at a truck driver because they're doing their job. Come on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. They call us four-wheelers, those of us that are not truck drivers. I know they take up a lot of room, but they are delivering a lot of goods. So just have five, ten more seconds of patience. Let them in when they need to get in. They're going to get back over out of your way as soon as possible drive safe around them. We want them to get back home to their families, just like we get home to our families every night. And they don't get home every night. They might be out on the road for weeks and sometimes months at a time. But help these men and women out there on the road, give them a little extra room and wave to them as you go by and help them get home safely.
2: I still love. We have it to stand on it and in poker run where you pump your fist in the air. We do it to trains, but I also do it to truck drivers. And they love to blow the horn.
0: People don't do that a whole lot anymore. Uh. So when you they do see someone do it, they're like, Oh, yes, I get to blow my horn.
3: At the trucking company that I used to work with, I had a safety director who said, No, make sure when you're waving to the four wheelers, you wave with all the fingers on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> but John I wanted to ask you that you mentioned earlier that you watched and appreciated a guy that could bump a dock at the New York Times and you're out there in your Freightliner RV you're going to truck stops and you've had this incredible career so when people see you they know who you are and can you talk a little bit about the interactions that you have with drivers out on the road?
2: Oh yeah when I see people at a Flying J or at a Loves or a TA they all want to have a picture. They all want to talk about Dukes or talk about Smallville. And they want to talk about, a lot of folks mention that movie I mentioned, Christmas Comes to Willow Creek. You know, where's the yellow bird? <laughs> so I just tell them how much I appreciate what they do. I say, look, on movies and television, yeah, I'm not delivering medicine to sick people like you are. So to me, we mention it in the song Truck On, they're the highway heroes. I hope that when I have interaction with these folks that they realize that I'm serious about my appreciation for what they do. So I make sure that they know that. I try to make it not about me. I want to make it about them because if they come to a set and we're making a movie, then sure, it's about movies and movie making. But I want it to be about them when I see them out there in the street or at a truck stop or rest area. I'll see truck drivers at a rest area and they'll say, you do. Apparently, the word is out that we put on a lot of miles in this Freightliner. Many times now, truckers will say, you do. You are out here on the road, aren't you? I guess people think that somebody is supposed to be driving us around. Yeah, that that
3: you've got a valet.
2: But it's kind of one of my things I want people to take home with them as they're listening as well. It's really easy to make somebody's day. You go to a trucker and say, man, that chrome looks great. Wow, that's a beautiful truck. They'll lighten up. They will shine like a beacon. But same thing with anybody else. You see somebody who's got pretty hair or, or somebody who's wearing a snappy hat or something. It doesn't take but three or four seconds to give somebody a compliment. So do it. Do it. Like, what did you call it? Bump, Bump of the of dock. It? Somebody that bumps the dock. Give them a thumbs up. Do something. It's easy to make somebody's day, especially mm-hmm. in this atrocious time right now that we're living in where there are people out there who want to tell us we are all bad people. Don't listen to it, be a good person, be for something. Being for is being, I think, complimentary to people you run into on the road. So try it,
3: see what happens. What are you looking most forward to on this May show? We've talked to other artists and I think there's a real spirit of coming together and doing something special during the show. What are you looking most forward to?
2: Well, I'm looking forward to hanging out with Winona again, way back in the 80s when I was on MCA. The Judds and I, we didn't tour exclusively together, but we did do a lot of shows together. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting back. I realize it's a virtual concert, but there are going to be quite a number of people at Winona's place. So I'm looking forward to hanging out, passing a guitar and sharing some new music with my peers That's been a very, very long time. Even before the pandemic and all this stuff, basically entertainers are out kind of by themselves. You're with your band and your people, but you don't run into other entertainers because you're all playing different places at the same time. I'm looking forward to that again. I'm looking forward to having people hear some of this new music. I'm looking forward to helping shine a spotlight on our trucking industry and then doing it again. But I think next time, not virtually. Next time, let's all get in a stadium and do this and have a rip roaring and break time like we used to.
0: We haven't even gotten this one under our belt yet. and I'm already thinking about what the next one could look like and in person. Well, yeah, so. <laughs> I
2: played in the first Farm Aid when Willie first did that.
3: What was um, that like? I remember that, but what was that like to be out there and be on stage and work no, with Willie and all that?
2: Like a Lazy Susan stage so that the next band could be setting up behind you while you were performing. There was no less than 110,000 people there. So it was great. Willie was there. Certainly, Waylon was there. I think David Lee Roth had just left Van Halen and Sammy Hagar was there. Yeah, so there, I remember I mean, that.
3: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I do.
2: Don Henley. It was great. It yeah. was a great thing. I just posted this on my YouTube channel that I believe that change is made by being for something. Farm made was for farmers. It wasn't against those who were against, who were regulating the farming industry. So I believe we need to gather together for something, because for is by nature positive. Against is by nature negative. I think it's more appropriate to say that we as human beings are wired to be for something. So I'm excited about this. I'm excited about being part of this first annual. Next year will be bigger and better, and then bigger and better still. It'll go on and on. There's no sense in having a small dream. You should dream as big as you possibly can and then bigger, because you'll get there. problem with having a small dream is you'll get there, too.
3: Then what?
0: <laughs> right. What I'm hearing is I can pencil you in for the next several years of events. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, <laughs> She's now going to be looking for stadium venues for this. (laughs) John, during the pandemic, have you missed having that interaction at a concert? Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Certainly a lot of concerts got canceled, but we still did our event. We did Bo's Extravaganza last year. We had about 4,000 people here. We also started touring drive-ins. I think we did six. But it was the beginning of our bows on the road and the beginning of a new way to go out and entertain folks. And it came from the necessity of figuring it out. I think you can tell that I'm not somebody that sits around and waits for someone to save the day. What's the old saying? When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. We started touring last year. And in many regards, the tour dates were down, but we did truck on the album. We did stand on it the movie. We did stand on it the soundtrack album. We also did a soundtrack album for Christmas Cars. I wrote Poker Run, and we did the six drive-ins. Last year, in many ways, was the best year we've had, because I refuse to sit around and wait for someone else to make a decision for me. That's just not in my nature. So there. I didn't have to miss playing concerts, because we did. We did concerts. We didn't do as many, but we did several, and we did fine. The only thing that we did not do last year as much as we had done previously was play indoors those who figured out a way to still have a festival, which is pretty simple. You do it outside. We played a bunch of those.
0: You made very good use of your time. You found ways to continue doing those things that you loved and engage with your audience. And I think that's what a lot of artists had to do during this time is what things do I have available to me that I can continue to engage with people and communicate with my audience and continue to use gifts during this time. And so that's what
2: you did. We did some yeah. virtual concerts out of the barn. We did that. And it was great. And it was a wonderful way to introduce the new music to people. And I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. And selfishly, it was very good for sales. Tim McGraw was singing my song called Take the Long Way Home. And all of a sudden, Tim McGraw was up on Facebook singing One of his favorite songs from the 80s, which was my song. I thought, oh, this is cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited to see the light at the end of the tunnel from this last year plus of pandemic. I'm excited about this event in May at Winona's house with everyone. It's going to be fairly small gatherings and intimate gathering, but there's going to be enough people. And I've already warned everybody. I'm a hugger. I'm going to be hugging everybody that's willing to get a hug. If you're not willing, you can tell me, don't hug me yet. (laughs) Over here in the corner, I'm totally fine with that. I'm excited to get together. I'm excited for this event. I'm excited to meet everybody and just be in the presence of music again. I love music, I love concerts, and so it's been a long time. It's like the healing is beginning for me. And so I'm looking forward to where we are going from here. So I'm so excited about this event. Thank you for partnering with St. Christopher Fund in general with your Truck On album. Again, everybody go get it. You're going to love it. Uh, Be sure and tune in to this concert on May 16th. This is going to be a fun concert. It is intimate. It's casual. It is virtual, but you're going to feel like you're right there. We're (laughs) highlighting each artist and we're letting everybody get to know you all on a little deeper level before this concert, because people are going to feel like they know you all by the time this concert rolls around. And so I'm excited about that. So appreciate it. Me
2: too. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for putting this on the first annual. So looking forward to the second annual already. We just did Bose Extravaganza number four. So we did the fourth annual. It just seems like yesterday we did our first ones. You can't do the second one unless you do the first one, right?
0: That's right. You have to start somewhere. <laughs> that was my whole thought process. You have to start, and now we have a foundation to build on. Yep. I'm very excited about that and excited to grow our relationship with you and St. Christopher Fun outside of this. We've talked some about the health and wellness of drivers in this industry, and I know you have a passion for that we're going to build on that. This is not going to be the last time you hear John Schneider in connection with St. Christopher Fund at all. We're going to work on health and wellness things too. So we still have a lot to talk about and build on. You all stay tuned for that. And I know we have taken up a ton of your time today, more than I asked for. And I appreciate you just chatting with us. So look forward to seeing you next month.
2: I can't wait. You have a wonderful day. And folks, remember, wave to a trucker, do the fist pump, and they'll blow the horn. You'll both have fun. You right. take care. I look forward to it. It's going to be so much fun, and I will see you soon.
3: That's John Schneider right here on the SCF Highway to Hope podcast. Greg Thompson back with you alongside your SCF Highway to Hope podcast host, Shannon Courier. And Shannon, what a terrific, wide-ranging interview with John Schneider. When you think about it, he's had a career that has spanned now more than 40 years, and he's literally embraced every role he's ever had as Beau Duke, as a writer, producer, as singer. And what I really love about what John is doing these days is that he's embracing the role of being a philanthropist and reaching out and giving back to the trucking industry.
0: He is. He's had such a prolific career. He's been involved and done so many different things. He has knowledge of how things work and how to stay relevant in the industry. And as you heard him talk about, he's not one to sit back and just wait for things to happen. So he's always out there looking for that next opportunity, fulfilling that next dream or that next bucket list item that he has. We're thrilled to be on the receiving end of his philanthropy arm. It's interesting to hear him talk about his time on the road. He's been interacting with drivers at rest areas and at fuel stops but during the pandemic when so many people weren't traveling he and his wife were in the RV so they could travel it's just the two of them but really seeing up close and personal the number of drivers the number of trucks that were on the road still keeping everything running he just like increased his appreciation for this industry and i think that's what happened with a lot of people is out of sight out of mind kind of thing But then when you realize that things aren't on the shelves, you're like, oh, wait a minute, let me process how this works. You just really develop a deeper appreciation for how things work across the board. So we're so excited to partner with him on this new album called Truck On. You'd want to go get it. You heard me say that in the interview. I'm promising you that it's a good purchase. You're going to love the music on it. We're excited to share some of that music with you, of course, during the interview. And he's going to share some of that music on the event on May 16th. So you don't want to miss it.
3: Do you kind of have to pinch yourself to say, I've got John Schneider, I've got Winona, I've got Heath Sanders, I've got Lindsey Lawler, and I've got Billy Dean coming to this show. To me, it's like crazy.
0: It is. It's almost like I know that they're gonna be there, and I know we're going to get to see them in person and do this event with them but until I'm actually there I don't think the reality of it is really going to hit me until I'm just there face to face I'm already humbled that people of this caliber would give their time and want to give back in this way and so I'm very thankful that they are taking the time to do this and to celebrate this industry and to celebrate the men and women I'm so excited about it and I think it's going to be a little overwhelming, probably the day of. It's going to be one of those, like you win an award and you're on stage and later you don't remember what happened. You don't remember what said. You have to watch it back. I feel like that's how I'm going to be. I'm going to be so on cloud nine that I'm not really going to remember the event. And what's
3: cool about it is all these folks are coming together to give back to an industry and to an organization that you've put your heart and soul into.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's why it means so much because these are artists and these are entertainers. But like you heard John talk about in this interview, they're not delivering the goods that we need. They're not delivering medications. They're not delivering PPE. They're not delivering our food. They're not delivering our clothes. They're not delivering the vaccines that people are getting. That's the men and women behind the wheel that are making all of that happen. And I think all of these artists recognize that. And that's why it's been important to them to be a part of it. And that's why it was such an easy yes to be a part of it, because they really, truly do have a heart for this industry and a heart for this these men and women. And they want to use what they do to honor and give back. I just think it's a great blend of entertainment, philanthropy, hearts, and an industry that we depend on day in and day out, no matter what.
3: Well, Shannon, you are so right about all of that. And now I need to ask you the most important question I'm going to ask you during this entire series. And that is, how do I get my ticket to the Highway to Hope virtual concert coming up here in May?
0: That is an important question. So the way you get your ticket is to go to truckersfund.org. That's our website. You'll be able to click on purchase on our website and it's gonna take you to a purchase link. You purchase your ticket, it's $20 plus a $2 ticket processing fee and you're gonna get a code when you purchase your ticket. That's gonna give you a unique code that's gonna allow you to log in on the day of the concert, which is May 16th, that's a Sunday evening from six to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You're gonna be able to log in and see this event on a live feed. I'm going to remind everybody again, this is a one-time live feed event. It's not going to live anywhere afterwards, so you don't want to miss it. Like you have mentioned in previous podcasts, set that calendar yeah. reminder, whatever device you're going to be using, because you don't want to miss it. If you miss it, you're going to miss it because we aren't able to share it or keep it live anywhere else after the fact. So you don't want to miss that. And I have to give a huge shout out to the people that are helping make this happen, Horton with Radio Nemo, Jimmy Mack, who's going to be our MC for the evening. Also, our sponsors for this, NASTIC, the National Association of Small Trucking Companies and Averitt Express. Without these guys, this wouldn't be coming together. I've been able to say, this is what I want. How do we make it happen? And together, we've pulled it together and make it happen. These two sponsors, NASTIC and Averitt Express, they are fronting the money to cover the expenses for this to make this event possible. And I'm thankful for everybody that has been been a part of it and agreed to be a sponsor. And we're going to be announcing many more sponsors in conjunction with this event as well. I'm just thankful for every one of them.
3: Just a quick reminder, it's a live event, May 16th. Get your tickets. Make sure that you're by your device, whether it's your smartphone, your computer, and you're ready to enjoy the show.
0: That's right. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to feel like you know these people by the time we get finished with this event. So you don't want to miss it. We appreciate everybody that's going and buying a ticket. A portion of your ticket sales comes Back to St. Christopher Fund as well and supports the men and women behind the wheel all the way around. It's going to help this industry, going to help the people in the industry, as well as entertain us during a time when we can't really get together for events like this. And so we've talked about. We haven't officially called it the first annual, but I think as you heard in the interview, we've already got John signed on for the next year or two or three or five. (laughs) So I'm going to say this is the first annual at this point. Yeah,
3: and it sounds like John put his name on it and it could be a stadium thing before long. He was definitely dreaming big. I could actually hear you dream during that (laughs) interview.
0: It's always nice to have somebody encourage your dreams.
3: You don't have to dream about this. It's May 16th, folks. Get your ticket. Be ready. You're going to be entertained.
0: Absolutely. Don't miss it. Go get your ticket. May 16th, 6 to 8 p.m. truckersfund.org. The Highway to Hope virtual concert. Great artists. You don't want to miss it.